You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Monster House presents... It's actually quite unlike anything we've ever seen before. A giant hairy creature, part ape, part man. In Loch Ness, a 24-mile-long bottomless lake in the highlands of Scotland, it's a creature known as the Loch Ness Monster. Hey there. What follows is an audio version of an interview originally recorded as part of our Monster Talk Live streaming series that Karen and I hosted during 2020. As of this posting, we're not currently doing those live shows, but they are archived on YouTube. You can check the show notes for a link to this particular episode. And the live format's definitely something we're going to try to get back to in the future. These episodes do not get the normal editing treatment of a traditional monster talk, and because of the variety of issues that happen during live recordings, the audio quality may be wildly varied, and you should assume there will be some not-safe-for-work content, so I'm posting all of these as explicit just in case. Thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting Monster Talk. Your contributions at patreon.com forward slash monster talk, and your positive reviews on the podcasting platforms and applications that you use to listen Help us reach new listeners and spread the important message that monsters can be a great tool to learn critical thinking. We need critical thinking now more than ever. Monster Talk is hosted by me, Blake Smith, and my co-host, Dr. Karen Stolzno. If you enjoy this show, please check out our deep catalog of fascinating interviews with experts about psychology, sociology, anthropology, folklore, religion, and more. Monster Talk. So, welcome to Monster Talk Live. I'm Blake Smith. And I'm Karen Stolzner. Hi. And today our special guest is Dr. Kiki Sanford. Hello. Thanks for having me here today. You're quite welcome. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, long-time follower, uh, and uh, I've seen you on so many things and heard you on so many things, so it's really great to get you here in person. Yeah, Yeah. it's the the feeling is absolutely mutual. I mean, I think this has been like from a distance, running in each other's circles (laughs) for so long, and it's just wonderful to get to meet and to talk, and Karen, thank you so much for inviting oh. me on the show it's just, great to have yeah. you here i think i met you about 10 years ago years now. ago at, yeah. yeah it was uh, at skeptical so you were giving yes. a talk and i was giving a talk and yes yeah. yeah, so that was the first time i met you and you were still in the bay area then and and so was i and we've moved on and yeah everyone's good moved on you, good to have you on the show <laughs> you're you're uh one of those people that we've been talking about for years and i've got to have dr kiki on so good to have you here thank so you we- yeah it's great We've got some broad, fun stuff to talk about tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about artificial intelligence and mm-hmm. aliens and yeah. just kind invited, of fun stuff like that. So I invited Dr. Kiki on the show and I said, what would you like to talk about? Any monster? We have a very broad definition of what a monster is. <laughs> and so you said uh, sci-fi, aliens, and AI, and or AI. Yes, I we did. We said both. Both. Why not both? <laughs> you did. You said, yeah, why not both? And I went, yeah. okay, I don't have to choose. This is great. <laughs> so, yeah, very broad. We could really talk for several hours about both of these topics. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sure. And uh, artificial intelligence is actually a topic we have not talked about much on Monster Talk, although it's deeply it's interesting. An interest. To me. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
and and we in you know there's a lot of fear around it and uh more and more it's creeping into real life we're having to deal with it so mm-hmm. so w- w- how did you get interested in it well i think reporting on technology and science for so long artificial intelligence is one of those topics that it's always developing and there's always this promise of you know super super intelligent artificial intelligence that's right around the corner that's going to be coming at some point. But then uh, reading science fiction or watching uh, watching science fiction movies, there is very often an artificial intelligence entity of, of one kind or, or another, whether or not it's artificial intelligence that pilots the ship or it's artificial intelligence that has really gone beyond what humans are capable of and um, is now the benevolent AI, but then there's also the idea of the artificial intelligence that does not care about humanity and actually just would like to get rid of it. And mm-hmm. so we we see all sorts of examples of of this in uh, like humanoid robots and uh, and these other ideas of these the robots with these artificial intelligences that are going to replace humanity. You know, and it's, I, I think, a really fascinating concept, especially when we put it into that kind of humanoid robotic form, because you humans are playing God in creating the robots with the artificial intelligence in the first place. And then those children go beyond the capabilities of humanity and at some point spurn their God, you know, it's just, I think just from a conceptual standpoint, it's like, Oh my God. <laughs> they, they become teenagers. Right. Right. I don't need you. <laughs> well, this is reminding me years ago, I went to uh, a singularity summit. Um, so cool. this was a, a conference about the singularity. And I remember yeah. Ray Kurtzweil appeared via video. So he didn't even, turn up but even though it was all about him <laughs> is he real and anyway it's all a construct yeah I, I don't think there's any proof because he just appeared via uh, video. Right. it could have been yeah. something you know a creation a robot uh-huh. whatever um but i'm wondering what you think about that because he would talk about uh how machines would surpass humans uh take over humans um and it, it was always it always seemed like it was just around the corner it was something that's going to happen in two years or five years and i think we keep passing these milestones yep, yep, without it yep. happening so what do you think about that theory? Yeah, well, it's it's fascinating because I've I, I talk with technologists who are so excited, but it's like okay, we have to get past Moore's law, and we have to uh, we have to get get past the physical capabilities of the transistor, and you know how the basically the smallest transistor we can get is uh, is can be no bigger than uh, or no smaller than the size of an atom because that's the, the the jump that has to take place and so there's like these these atomic scales that necessarily restrain how small things how small chips can get and so that constrains the technology and how it's going to grow in the future and so there's that one limitation and then they're like no but we're going to find a new form of metal that'll allow us to do this and something will happen and we're going to jump past it because that's what we always do and so you know now there's the the idea that uh, we're going to get superhuman intelligent artificial intelligence by either somewhere around 2040 or 2070 I think somewhere yeah, around there getting pushed out is the estimate <laughs> and but I and then I've talked with actual artificial intelligence researchers who are developing these computer science technologies and they're like yeah we have had these kind of periods of excitement many times over the decades and people get excited and the money comes and the research grows and then nothing happens and then the excitement fades away the money goes away and then there's a desert for a while and then something happens that allows it to grow again and so it's kind of these spurts of technological advancement and Mm -hmm. right now we are in a big a boom when it comes to artificial intelligence and the work that's being done I mean there's no question about it with um I mean, some of the 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 Google uh, and what is it, DeepMind, and uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the some of the the research companies that are working on artificial intelligence. That they've developed, you know, computer technology that can play the game of Go better than a human. 
We've got, you know, computer technology, AI technology that's starting to write poetry and songs and can produce art that is that when humans look at it, they go, oh, yeah, that that could be made by a person. You know, so the robots, quote unquote, robots um, are starting to achieve, attain the capabilities in certain domains. Yeah. But then, yeah. I don't know. Well, there's that I, whole thing about the, the, the difference between artificial intelligence and uh, consciousness, which is a yep. pretty big gap. So I, I keep thinking about it in myself in terms of uh, general purpose intelligence would be awesome. But special purpose intelligence, we're seeing that all the time. You see it used yeah. all the time. You don't even think about it. I mean, yeah. they're not Siri. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble. Was it? Uh, <laughs> just forget don't say that. that out loud <laughs> our virtual assistants uh, uh, you, you, they can be wonderful helpful things but they can also be really annoying and answer to the wrong thing and misunderstand you and mm-hmm. you know that's okay if i'm in the kitchen trying to figure out how to play a podcast episode without using my hands on my phone but it's not okay if i'm driving down the road and expecting my car to drive for me and it's not doing it right you know right so <laughs> That's a, turn left i don't understand right right like, <laughs> I, I keep thinking no. that, is it johnny cab in uh in total recall that where he has like little talking cab driver and i'm like that that's probably way more accurate than it should be with annoying pandering uh-huh. you know so. well this is making me think of uh silicon valley i don't know if you guys watched that at all oh yeah the, the, i i yeah. i i entirely avoided that i left san francisco and i was oh, like i was behind go away <laughs> They did some very like the, funny stuff with that, yeah. Did you see the final series and the final episode was kind of, I, I think, based on the, the computers becoming more intelligent? And, no, uh, no, no, no spoilers, no spoilers. So, oh, yeah, okay. we, we have yeah, watched, yeah, I, watched yeah. All, I think one of their, I think there's six seasons, we've watched five of them, and, and we got kind of delayed on this last one. I've got all the episodes ready to go, queued up, but uh, <laughs> haven't had a chance to sit down. I'm basically waiting on my wife. Hey, Kathleen. Okay, so we have to work together. So. <laughs> so who have we got on tonight? Are we have we got an audience or not? We do, we do. Anyone have an watching us? <laughs> yes. Any any questions? Anyone coming through and saying hi to Dr. Kiki? Um, not to no, my wife's mad at me now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing new. <laughs> Keeping you honest. There we go. Yeah, I'm scrolling back. I'll, I'll scroll back up see if I find any questions, but we can keep going through. Yeah, usually they, they talk yeah. amongst themselves and, and complain about my background or lack yeah, thereof. You, you've got some of that already. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> What's our drinking well, game? I'll take, um, a, take a Monet or a Rembrandt. Yeah. <laughs> the drinking game. Yeah, see, uh, Blake is, is very well known for his punning. So there's, true. there's a. A group of them who like to drink shots when he. See, the only one I thought of so far was the. Uh, All right. Kurzweil. Well, Kurzweil has that whole thing where he. Uh, takes vitamins all the time, you know. He's yeah. like super into that. But I thought. Longevity uh, thing. Kurzweil didn't show up to the conference you were talking about. So, did they vitamin in? That was my first pun thought. But I, I held back because I thought nobody's going to know. everyone. Like, it's like. <laughs> I'm just going to get that. Oh but here, take a drink. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, you I wonder had, I'm not still singularity. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might be pretty soon. Though. Yeah, it could happen. You might be just around the corner. <laughs> yeah, but that whole idea of, of singularity is interesting compared to artificial intelligence because there's a lot of science fiction that goes into the question of if artificial intelligence does become conscious you know what is consciousness and would we recognize it if we if it actually happened Um, then if we hit the singularity and we are able to upload our consciousness into virtual constructs into computers essentially um what does that mean for you as a human because that Mm -hmm. you're no longer a human your consciousness is in a computer uh and so how does that how does that affect humanity and are you then an artificial intelligence yourself yeah so are there scientists working on these questions are there philosophers uh people who are working on the ethics um concerned with all of this or or is this just kind of speculation amongst people like us right i'm sure there are people working on this you know from an ethical standpoint but at the same time it is still so on the edge of 
what is possible. It's not possible yet. And so it's still storytelling. It's still speculation. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the philosophizing is actually done in, you know, these fictional stories, kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, authors going, oh, this would be a really interesting, you know, kind of way to twist the world and and the characters in this story. And how does that affect people? And yeah. I I find it really interesting the um, how easy it is to fool people into believing they're talking to other people when it's like just really intelligent chatbots, for example. I mean, yeah. even, oh, even well, Eliza. Very intelligent ones. Well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> I mean, people people get fooled very easily. I mean, I mean when, watch Twitter. Yeah, when, yes, <laughs> yes. They get into giant fights with people who are not people. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if you um, if you look back at Eliza, which was like one of the very first primitive interactive chat tools i mean it was it was really supposed to be like an analyst it was basically just echoing back stuff that you were saying but it a lot of people really got engaged with that and when they when they had do you remember that site ashley madison which was like the oh my gosh yes when that site got hacked (laughs) one of the things that was revealed besides all the people who thought they were going to be getting uh affairs was that a lot of the people weren't really people. A lot of the people yeah. who thought they were engaging with females were actually engaging with chatbots. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah just, uh, yeah, we're pretty easy to fool. <laughs> Especially when it's a chatbot saying exactly what you want right. to hear. It's like, I, I've come to think about it as the, the, the cat situation. I think some people see cats as, you know, kind of little furry jerks that live in your house. And some people see them as having these tremendous personalities and I think if you're one of those people who you're really a dog person, cat, aren't you? I am totally a dog person. <laughs> you're talking to a cat person here, not a cat person. Well, and, and as you know, <laughs> they have a very rich personality. They do totally, totally do, they totally do. They're 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 thoughtful and loving and caring and and responsive. Yeah. Are you trying to tell me that my cat is an artificial intelligence? What is going on here? Cats, your cat's not that not that into you. You, I think yeah, that's okay. I, that, that, that's not true. Some people have wonderful cats. I, I have the misfortune of having one of the jerkiest jerk cats I've ever had. <laughs> so, so. And a dog. Probably a lure. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something. It's something. Now my wife's really mad yeah. at me. Yeah, okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's her cat, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's not my cat. So I don't know. We're, I think more importantly, I'm not its person. I think maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, yep. you don't feed it then. <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised what I do for that cat. It's it's yeah. messed up the things I have to do for that cat. Anyway, that's. Okay, let's leave it there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> No, but that's making me think of some of those, uh, just the way that AI is used by some businesses. And I I was thinking of uh, those phone calls you get, the telemarketing phone calls where uh, you answer the phone, you say, hello, hello, how are you? And you're chatting with someone for, I mean, I've... Are you a robot? (laughs) Why would you say that? (laughs) (laughs) But I I do think a lot of people still get fooled by those things. Yeah, apparently they do. I mean, they wouldn't keep doing them if somebody wasn't buying into it. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I just never answer my phone. Oh. <laughs> I don't very much any, anymore, too. And especially since a lot of uh, those phone calls seem to come from the same numbers or the same prefixes, you can kind of recognize them. But, yeah, I yeah. think people are getting more that way. They're not answering their phones. I think that's quite a common uh, thing I'm hearing from a lot of people. They just don't want to deal with telemarketers and. That yeah, if I don't recognize that phone with... number, <laughs> yeah, doesn't come you up go into voicemail and... and then I am screening you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's hard yeah. to believe that there's no technology or legislation that could stop that. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I, it's almost like somebody has a financial incentive to let it just keep happening and happening. All right. That's a conspiracy <laughs> theory I have. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I worked for telcos for a long time and I, I don't think they have a lot of pressure on them to stop it is all I'm saying. So, mm-hmm. um, so artificial intelligence. Um, oh, it's on, it's on the same track. And I don't know if you've given this much thought, but there's this, this bugs me personally, but it's really popular. Are we living in a simulation? Right. It's a great question. 
The answer is 42. I can't tell you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Have you run into any people Great who answer. are, I know, I know uh, several, well, there's some pretty prominent people who think this might be true. I think they're prominent people who are grossly uh, uninformed mm-hmm. about how complicated life is, but um, yeah. it would be a hell of a simulation, so. And uh, uh, I mean, then it gets at like a whole big question of, you know, what's the purpose of this simulation? If it is a simulation and, you know, where are the cheat codes? <laughs> right. There's got to be there's there is there's Easter eggs in here somewhere. somewhere. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the whole idea that this is a simulation. I mean, you have to have. I mean, I've heard the the thought that if you were to simulate the universe you would need a computer as big as the universe yeah there is there's a there's a space and storage problem for sure in the the universe the universe is really big it's very big bigger (laughs) than you could even really conceive (laughs) so where do these ideas come from they come from the matrix or do they go further back than that that's a really interesting question i think i think the idea is I think those ideas go further back. Yeah. I mean, especially since uh, the advent of computing and uh, when people started working with, I mean, I I would, I would probably say the seven seventies or eighties, maybe. I mean, was it on Dallas when it turned out that um, it was all part of Bobby's dream? I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that was where it began. (laughs) No, (laughs) but my wife does. Yeah, I mean, the first, I mean, the first papers I remember reading about, like, the internet potentially becoming conscious were from the mid 90s. Um, But, you know, so uh, the idea of it, the universe being, yeah, that's a great question. I don't know. That's a really interesting question. I've been informed it was uh, Pam's dream and and not, not Bobby's. Sorry. you stand corrected (laughs) make sure that gets fixed um but yeah yeah no there's there's all kinds of uh i mean it's it's about abstraction isn't it i mean we what we do in our minds is do abstractions and modeling and then if you can do modeling inside a computer well how Mm -hmm. accurate can you make the model and i I can see the pattern i can see where you could go with there but there's there's wonder if it might come from science fiction or something or art too so then it's you know mm-hmm. life yeah. imitating art in that sense of yeah theories and in philosophy yeah so and well i mean you know and philosophical ways of looking at things go back centuries uh you know we've got you know the the advent of logic and reason you know centuries back with the greeks and you know so and and I just, I, I imagine that there was probably, you know, they they probably didn't know the the idea of simulation or whatever, but they were asking questions about consciousness and reality. Actually, and- you could take it straight to Plato's cave, couldn't you? I mean, really? Yeah. 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 How can you tell what's real if you're only seeing the shadows, which goes back to the whole thing about how do you know what the real reality is versus yeah. the that you're experiencing? And Eastern philosophy, of, you know, are we really experiencing this right now? Is, is this really happening? Or is this this body just an illusion? You know, there's this. It's I mean, whole, there's precedent for it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and I want, you know, and, the, and then recently there's been a lot of conversation about, you know, the, the cognitive capacity of our ancestors. And at what point in time were they probably... Con- conscious in the way that we are conscious, but just living in a very different reality, you know, living in a, a survival-based world. Um, and there's, a, you know, current speculation that at least 200,000 years ago, with the formation of uh, of complex tools, that and, and potentially even earlier than that, human- humanity would have had the same cognitive capacity that we have now that our ancestors, they would have had the potential to be sitting there hunting some old animal and thinking about, what is the meaning of life? You know? yeah. <laughs> Why am I doing this? <laughs> Sometimes those uh, theories go back to when we started language, so about 45,000 years ago, but we've yeah. had gestures for millions of years. So, yeah, that's yeah. 
a tough yeah. one to contemplate. I'm getting a headache this is thinking really about it. <laughs> we'll have to come back and talk about that topic of uh, the, the the is it a simulation? Because I have a lot of thoughts about that. But it's yeah, it's, fascinating. Uh, it, it, it is fascinating. I'm really against it. I mean, I, I think there's way yeah. more reasons to suspect it's just navel gazing BS from the valley. But you know, <laughs> that's, that's my opinion. So. I don't know with everything going on right now, you know, we we could be in some kind of simulation. We're guinea pigs, you know. I prefer I prefer mass hallucination. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to restart and and restore from save is uh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, but as a as a neuroscientist, you know, there's this whole uh, you know, our perception is we create our brain creates the perception that we have. And there are internal states of our body that affect that perception, but it really is, you know, we have our internal experience and understanding of what's going on, but it's like, it's, it's kind of like the Venn diagrams of all of our overlapping perceptions that actually create reality. Cause if you yeah. were alone with no one else to compare to, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. who am I? What am I? Yeah, that, absolutely. That, the, you know the gold dress, blue dress thing. Uh, yeah, up. and I, I found—I mean, a lot of people were really arguing about that, but I found it to be such an interesting demonstration of of qualia of how we can look at the same inputs and get totally different results. And within my own mm-hmm. family, like three of us saw the gold and two saw the blue, if I remember the numbers correctly. Yeah. So there must be a genetic component to it, but it was—it was really interesting, uh, and a reminder that it's always going to be difficult to get consensus when you're looking at stuff because we all have different perceptions and biases. It's really complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and will artificial intelligences have those differences? See, I don't, they why, all see things the same. Right? Like we want things like we're engines. We like, we, we have things we need and we want and, and, and values, cultural values and personal goals, all these things. And those have a tremendous impact on our behavior. And I can't imagine how you would be able to make good ethical machines that were able to understand that. That seems like a really hard challenge since we can't even figure out in our own families how to like deal with those kind of struggles. You know, so. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But then at the same time, you have things like, oh, sorry to interrupt, but you no. have things like those collective hallucinations uh, mm-hmm. you know, where thousands of people see Mother Mary in the sky and uh, you know, all kinds of phenomena. Um, you know, the, the face the of Jesus will... in my toaster. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen but, any of those for a while. And I, no. those, those were and big about not. 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Another drink for everyone out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I guess we should transition to aliens. It's like, mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's the question, you know, we go into space travel as humans and we're talking about, okay, it's impossible to send humans out right now. We're going to send robots to go explore. Our robots are going to have to have artificial intelligence because we can't talk to them. So are the first aliens that we're going to meet going to be artificial intelligences? And are they going to be like the oldest generation because they just got here? Because they just got here. <laughs> yeah. How are they updating their operating system? Come on. <laughs> wow. So how did you get an interest in aliens? Oh, I love, I think from a biology perspective, I love the uh, exobiology questions of if things are evolving on other planets, what are the forces that would turn them into whatever, whatever kinds of animals they are, whether it's, you know, lizard people or, or birds or, you know, fish or whatever kind, you know, and then for from or or is it micro microbial slime mold type alien te- uh, alien intelligence? So, you know what kind of what kind of an alien could possibly be out there? And it's just looking at the diversity of animal life on our own planet. It just mm-hmm. and if you look, consider how big the universe is and how many possible planets there are out there for life to evolve on. It just the possibilities are limitless mm-hmm. they are it's really exciting i i, I like um I, 
people who talk about this sort of topic a lot from a meta perspective, one of the things is the observation that most of the aliens you see in fiction tend to look like humanoids for the practical reason that they're in their costumes with humanoids in their people inside the costume. So, (laughs) but I think if you, if you, if you think about life on earth, we're such a small minority of, of the life shapes. I mean, like uh, beetles, I mean, you know, insects, uh, and so many weird fish so amazing all the different variety that's out there but they hardly ever put those on screen and i wonder if that's because now we don't have the limit of suits anymore i don't think you have to have a guy in a suit or a lady in a suit uh but it the cgi possibilities for what must look like are, are still pretty limitless but there's just still not much exploration and i wonder how much of that's because of devotion to that sort of uh anthropic principle Right. And we like to imagine ourselves in space, maybe being the conquering aliens, you know? And so if we're imagining aliens coming and conquering our planet, you know, it's like, of course they're going to look like us because that's what we're going to (laughs) do. I mean, if nothing, humanity has an ego. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So do you believe that uh, one day we're going to come across aliens of some kind? Yes, I do. I think, um, I I am excited about the possibility of finding microbial life on moons of Jupiter or Saturn or potentially even Mars. You know, we haven't explored there. I mean, we we feel like we've been there forever, but we've we've scratched the surface just barely. Barely. Yeah. (laughs) Barely. I want a moon base. So (sighs) moon base would be amazing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think of microbial life is going to be probably the easiest kind of thing to find little tiny life sure. forms. Um, so not, not the great men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not so sure about. Hey, she froze and... just like she promised. So... Yeah. She said it would be after an hour though. So, well, not quite, but she, she's... So she's about 10 second gap. She, she will be rejoin us and she's disappeared. So she maybe she is an alien. Now we know she's been returned to the home world. And, uh, <laughs> she said too much. <laughs> so, and she's like my disappearing. Yeah, that there, was there good. That go, was good. Yeah. That was a good trick. You know, we had Banachek on, and he didn't do a single trick. And there, you just blew him out <laughs> of the water. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we were prepared for yes. that. So. <laughs> I have magic skills, also. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. The, the uh, I guess the the, the thing is, I, you're right. I think finding life in our own solar system would be incredibly valuable because right now the only thing we know is DNA as a, as a replicating molecule yeah. um, and, and RNA, but, but the uh, those had to come from something and we don't have any other versions. Like what we have, we have variations, but we don't have any like really like primitive versions that are radically different from everything else. Everything's closely related. Yeah. So yeah. being something alive on another planet would be really, really informational. Mm-hmm. It would be. It would be amazing. And if it and if it were similar to what we've got here, I mean, that in itself would yeah. be mind-boggling. You know that there. You know the there's this idea of panspermia, right? The idea that life came microbially on a on a meteor and then was seeded like seeded life on the planets around around the solar system around the around the galaxy maybe yeah you know, and so and this life traveling he, around i love it it came here from it's panspermia so it came here from a seder light that's right okay <laughs> love a dream <laughs> our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. 
Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti. And I'm Stephen Asma. Each week on Chinwag, we dig into the weird topics you wonder about, that you care about. The stuff none of us are totally sure of, like the Bermuda Triangle, Mothman, Consciousness, Philosophy. UFOs, ghosts, or say Bigfoot. So who's to say that there's not alien species that are Sasquatch? Like I've seen a ghost, and I would hear something walking and breathing. Maybe every path is right. I will accept as a premise that every path is right. That is a face on Mars. Eyes, nose. It kind of looked like Wilson the volleyball. Some people enjoy the waves or whatever uh, crashing, and I enjoy listening to a quantum physics audiobook. I do think there are many things in the world that we just don't understand yeah. and probably won't understand. That's our yeah. whole show. <laughs> so join us every Wednesday on all major podcast platforms and find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at ChinwagPod and Wagon. So do you think that we can expect that if and when something's going to be found, that it's going to be more similar um, to, to what we have on Earth or or more different? I, I mean, I honestly don't know that we can predict well, that, you know, but it's speculating. But I, I mean, speculation, I mean, the the forces of physics and chemistry are, as far as we know, the same all, yeah. all over the universe. So if chemistry works the same somewhere else, even if it's, you know, methane oceans instead of water, I mean, you've, you've still got organic life that could, that could form there. So there, I don't know. And there's, and if there's oxygen and you've got the hydrogens and, you know, there's, if you have the elements, they could potentially combine in the same way. Sure. Yeah. 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 I, I, it certainly is. I, I'd love to see. That. I'm very excited about like some of the explorations they're doing around Lake Vostok, where they're trying to like get down inside this really ancient lake and see what's down there. But you've got to get through this ice, which is the same thing you'd have to do on a moon of Jupiter. Um, mm-hmm. it's really interesting. Although I, I think I read. Sometimes I don't remember what I read in a real thing or what was a science fiction thing, but yeah. I think I read <laughs> there was a plan to do a satellite around uh, one of the volcanic moons of Jupiter, see if they could scoop up something from the atmosphere from some of the volcanic. Oh, um, I don't know about that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. But that might not be real. So just. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it could be a science fiction story you just read. I've, I've heard also a, a plan. I don't know if they'll ever do it, but they've got a plan to send drones uh, to Venus because they think if life could still be in existence on Venus, that it would be in the atmosphere. Atmosphere, Yes. Yes. Yeah. I've heard that too. Yeah. Wow. Venus is one of those amazing planets that shows up all the time in UFO lore in the fifties and sixties. And then you, I think it was the Russians who sent the first satellites there and then they, they crushed, melted, and dissolved in acid in like you know, just like less than an hour. I was like, it's like, you know, oh my god, it is not a great place to visit. No, <laughs> so. So we should probably check in too with the uh, viewers and see if there are any questions or any comments, as as long as they're not about my background. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> why, why would they be? <laughs> You'd be surprised. People are obsessed. It's a running, with a running theme. Yeah. <laughs> And my wife's jumped in on that. Sorry, Karen. Okay. No one's saying anything. I'm just, well, well there's they're, just, much, they're, they're talking scrolling. to each other, which is fine, which is fine. Or still, yeah, chatting amongst yeah. themselves. Chat amongst yourselves. Yeah, the, right. um, oh, well, I would ask this question. So we had a question from Chad Allen on Twitter who was asking about Area 51, and that's somewhat alien-related, so I'll just throw this out there. He was asking if we could talk about Area 51. Depends how you look at it. Well, it does, exactly, yes, yes. From a folklore perspective, yeah, okay, so Area 51 is uh, a military base uh, north of Las Vegas, and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of lore around it, folklore, that that there was uh, alien crashes in Roswell and other places, and that the craft were taken back there, uh, especially a guy named Bob Lazar was involved in a lot of that, that the area, like I think it's called S3, uh, that he was working Still on rever- reverse, reverse engineering. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's no reason to believe that there are aliens or alien craft there. That's that's all just folklore. 
but it is a military test ground. And so all kinds of strange and interesting airplanes get tested there. And the, and if you, uh, there was a little town called Rachel on the North side of the mountains there. Uh, and mm-hmm. a lot of people, um, plane spotters, uh, people who are interested in military aircraft and people interested in aliens would go there together and like use high power telescopes to try to look at the base to see what was going on. And there's a really interesting book written, I think in 98 or 99 called dreamland. If, uh, I'd recommend that as a good read for, that sort of split oh. between those cultures. So, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we had Don Prothero on the show and talked about Area 51. He did. Oh, he did. A few years yeah. ago because his father had worked there and, oh, and was an engineer and, and had seen a lot of things that had gone on there. And, and I think they were doing a book that... on um, on um, Kim Trails and Area 51 and a few other things. It was a multiple topic book, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I and, mean, we could probably do to, to treat that again in another separate episode because yeah. it's such a big topic. No, I, d- I would yeah. note though I don't I haven't seen anybody make this connection but um the Naruto run on Area 51 was in September and then now we have this virus that seems a little weird doesn't that seem weird to you it seems weird yeah. to me <laughs> are you trying to see the whole new conspiracy theory here I have I a mean random... it might be better than the 5G what the 5G conspiracy I hate 5G conspiracy oh my gosh <laughs> Like, just stop already can you all these people are concerned about like um bill gates is going to be tracking them so they're using their mobile phones to talk about how they don't want to be tracked their mobile phones Hello. that are <laughs> <laughs> you know that gps thing that lets you find out where you want to go and also lets other people find out where you're at so that's ta-da. Right. Yeah, so. And you and, and you might have Facebook on your phone that you've given yeah, them yeah. access to all your yeah. data there. Yeah. Yeah. If you're yep. a Google yep. file, you've got all the Google apps. Yep, there we go. Yeah, yeah. So, you're already you know, tracked. Making sure nobody knows anything <laughs> about me except what I share with everyone publicly all the time, whether I want to or not. Exactly. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. And as far as like Area 51 and all that kind of stuff goes, I mean, people, there have been a lot of mm. stories recently of like new videos being released about craft flying in weird ways and you know there i think there are always going to be videos either either fake videos that people have created or just are that have really interesting light phenomenon in them or you know Mm -hmm. something maybe even military technology that nobody knows about yet you know there are all sorts of things that can explain these things but I love that, you know, we, we don't want to be alone in the yeah. universe. Mm-hmm. And so people like, come on, maybe it's aliens. Yeah, they're, they're like cats for, you know, for space people, I guess. I don't... <laughs> right, instead of a laser beam. <laughs> the aliens are not that into you. Okay, just not. No, it's not... <laughs> but, you know, the, the unidentified part. That's where almost everything Karen and I look at is about people you know, I, I did. I didn't understand what this was, so I think it's this. I didn't understand what this was, so I think it's that. It's a ghost. Mm-hmm. It's a Bigfoot. It's the ghost of a Bigfoot. It's the ghost and of then, a robot Bigfoot. You know, so yeah. And then, as you were saying, yeah, occasionally people actually creating things like it makes me think of uh, Jeff Peckman and Stan Romanek. If you could remember them and their uh, Alien videos, Alien in the Window video. Yes, yes. Probably about fifteen years ago now, and yeah, he's. I think he's still in jail. <laughs> <laughs> There's something completely unrelated. <laughs> or related. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. <laughs> <Could be. laughs> I, someone in the chat uh, just yelled, Highgate Vampire, which is a great topic. It's not what we're talking about tonight, but we do need to cover the Highgate Vampire. That's a really good story. So. Yeah. How did that come up? It, I don't know. It just They just <laughs> walked so in and shouted. That's how you say hello. Highgate Vampire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm reading that as a shout. Sorry. So, but that is oh. that is a really good. We really do need to cover that. That's a fun story. And, and one yeah, of we absolutely should. But it, it's just just funny that we say we're going to talk about one thing, and then people say we're going to talk yeah. about werewolves as well. Yeah, and, yeah that's exactly. And the Loch Ness monster and everything in one. Show. All of the things, just all of them. Everything. Like, <laughs> yes, that is what we do. It's like <laughs> I I saw on uh, Twitter, Doctor Kiki, that you mentioned you were coming on the show tonight, and then you uh, put it out there. What's your favorite sci-fi alien? And you got. A, a lot of response yeah i did get a bunch of responses let me i can open that up right now and take a look um i know some people had they said uh mr spock 
Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> from Star half, Trek. half alien, half alien, right? Half alien, half- yeah. But the Vulcan people, very logical. And yes. <laughs> I thought that, yeah, I thought that one was, you know, it, it doesn't have to be there are the monster aliens. Someone else said uh, Xeno, the xenomorph from aliens. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, there's also the alien and then predator. So those are the kind of, you know, the scary ones. That, right. Like, oh, gosh, humanity, what are we going to do? Um, yeah, some of these, some of the other, what are some of the other responses here I had? We should find out, uh, which, your yeah. favorite, your favorite yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and someone else, I hadn't read the Commonwealth <laughs> Saga by, uh, by who was it? Peter Hamilton. And I haven't read it, but um, Ed Godbois said, Morning Light Mountain in Peter Hammond, Hamilton's Commonwealth Saga. I haven't read that, so I haven't either. I got the book to read. I've got a book to read. I picked that up on Audible, the first one, but I haven't checked of it course. out yet. Yeah. I've got everything. I have a lot everything. of stuff on my to-do list. I have a lot on my to-do list. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's see. We have the entities from Arrival, which was based on Ted Chang's Story of Your Life. Um, the Tines from A Fire Upon the Deep, the fifth, I can't even say that, the fifth from Footfall and the Entities from Blind Sight. Um, and then we have Jabba from Star Wars, nice. Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there were a bunch of good ones. Uh, Sam Francisco, Mandy Patinkin, and Alien Oh, yeah, Nation. that's a good one, Alien Nation. That's yeah, a fun I haven't one. thought about that one in so long. I know the, um, the getting drunk on sour milk and then the ocean will burn them up like acid. That's uh yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then there's also you know, the doctor and uh, from Doctor Who. I haven't heard of that. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the one mummy doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing here. No, sorry. What? No. But <laughs> some of your favorites. The ood. Oh, yeah. yes. I, I love the Ood. Um, some of my favorites. So right now I'm like, I, I, I'm reading, uh, what is it? What is the book? It's The Children of Ruin. And it came after another, let me see if I can open it up right here. And uh, The Children of Ruin by, my Kindle is super slow. Hey, phone, you're fast. Adrian Tchaikovsky. That's what it is. Okay. And um, it's the second in a series that is just fascinating. And hu- uh, ba- the first book was Children of Time. And it's humanity is like killing themselves off. And so they're trying to seed. They're trying to terraform <laughs> worlds and seed life in other places. And it also sounds like us. Yeah. Yeah. Very relevant. <laughs> and and they've they in the this one scientist has created a genetic bit of genetic code that is uh, infectious and infects each generation, but makes uh, it makes the organisms more sentient and. She oh, was like going to. Like it's up. It's an uplift kind of mechanism. Okay, okay. Yeah, and instead of uplifting monkeys, uh, sh- they accidentally uplift spiders, and it's awesome. nice. Nice. Yes. <laughs> My son would love that. <laughs> yeah, and the second book, it's uh, it's octopuses, and See, so I, it's I, it's like do, they should do. Scots. It's amazing. I'm like space spiders and space octopuses. Oh <laughs> my god! If they, if they did skunks, they could have scented sentience. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. It's so, another drink. Yeah, so <laughs> so what's the genre for for these books? Uh, science fiction. fiction. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's really interesting because there's like a lot of it's based. I love the the hard sci-fi that is based in science. So yeah. it's mm-hmm. a lot of the the speculation comes from a very real place. And so you can you can get yourself lost in these worlds that these authors create, as opposed to Oh my God! Why'd they do that? I can't even watch this anymore, or I can't even read this book because suspension of disbelief has been completely blown. <laughs> so Christina Johnson in the in the YouTube chat wants to know if you'd be willing to talk about how accurate you think depictions of uh, artificial intelligence are in science fiction and science fantasy. Like, 
and if you want to narrow that down, maybe like, what do you think are the most plausible versions of AI versus the most highly implausible or whatever? However you want to interpret it. It's your question. Go for it. You know, I mean, I think there's there AI is represented so many different ways. Um, I think the, I think her name's Betsy Oliver. No, I might be blanking on her, on the author's name, but there's, um, there's a series of books that in which artificial intelligence has reached human intelligence status and also gone beyond human intelligence and humanity is still trying, uh, you know, it's, uh, de- deciding whether or not these artificial intelligences can uh, have human status. And so there's real questions of personhood that go into these stories. And yeah. it's very, I, I love those stories because it really gets at those philosophical, philosophical questions we were talking about earlier about once something, an, an artificial intelligence is conscious, you know, who are, who is a human to pull the plug? Who is a human to tell that artificial intelligence you're not you're not real yeah you know and so it's some very interesting questions there um i do like that because i think science fiction at its best gives you that layer of abstraction and you're like one step out so you can think about topics that might infuriate you or if they were like brought in into the real world but allow you to like really sort of examine and model your own thinking and and see uh, maybe things that you didn't notice otherwise. Yeah. Other yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I really like about uh, stories with artificial intelligence, because they do, I think, drive very important questions that uh, are very pertinent to society right now and yeah. culture right now, but just attaining, you know, an understanding of them from a different direction, which is really neat. Um, and then there was a, I think it was called the robots of Gotham is, was the name of the book, but it's a completely different direction for the AI and the AI has reached superhuman intelligence status and the, the AIs are having a war among themselves and humanity and, and, there are some AI that want to completely destroy humanity and other AI that want to help humanity, but kind of as pets. And so there's a very, <laughs> you know, it's just, a, it's a very, it's very interesting from the, the question of if there were that, that next level, like where would it go? Um, that's it, Gotham. What is What was it again? I think it's called the robots, robots of Gotham. Gotham. So is it yeah. like about Botman and Roboin? But <laughs> 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 not long to go <laughs> just another 10 minutes hang in there yeah. so, talk, talking about uh, artificial intelligence that wants to destroy humanity or humankind yeah. um what do you think poses which poses the greater threat to to humankind do you think it would be artificial intelligence or aliens arriving I think the biggest issue is humanity. Our, I mean, the biggest threat against humanity is humanity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we should be, be really taking that seriously right now. But Absolutely, yeah. To go for, to go for a more fun, um, you know, AI versus aliens kind of perspective. Um, yeah, I mean, you want we want to be more afraid of aliens because they're alien. They're strange. They're something that we don't, we we we're like we don't understand we're not going to understand that they're not going to understand us so of course they're going to destroy us they're going to want our planet blah 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 mm-hmm. um you know we can only understand aliens through the lens of human conflict and so we want aliens to be the ones that destroy us and we because artificial intelligence is this thing that we're creating it's our baby and it's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. We don't want to believe that artificial intelligence is going to be the thing to do, do us that. in. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I think probably it's more likely that artificial intelligence will get us before the aliens do. That's the, I mean, if, if I'm going to take a, a bet. theory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go with that. Yeah. Uh, and- I mean, it gets back it goes back to humans destroying themselves so there we go yeah. yes yeah it does it does it comes full circle yeah uh, also making me think all this discussion about uh aliens and blake hasn't made any jokes about uh immigrants yet 
I have not. Is that something I should be waiting for? No, 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 no it's just, we, I we were like talking about. I can feel a pun coming. No, no, no she was saying we were just going to talk about sci-fi aliens. She's like, what other kinds? I'm like, the only other is illegals, but I don't think that's really the right topic. So, yes. But I, I mean, do what that, do you do? I mean, what was that movie? It was a uh, sect. Uh, District Nine. District Nine, with yeah. The aliens, the prawns, were, yeah, yeah. Right, they're among us. But you know, do you? How? What do we do? Do we make them citizens? Do we like? How, how do we manage? Like, but they are so different than us. But they have yeah. cool technology. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's they should have been trade. That, that I that was a really interesting movie. I don't. I didn't. I didn't um, care for some of the other stuff he's done, but I really liked that one. Uh, did, yeah, I thought it was great. We had a question about how do you feel about Asimov's laws of robotics? Mm. And uh, a follow-up would be, have you looked at Card's, I assume Orson Scott Card's hierarchy of alienness? I, I don't actually know that one. Oh, yeah. I, I've read I have game looked, and, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, I, I've, I've looked at the, I, I'm not, I don't remember all of the details of it right now, but yeah. Um, I So first for, Asimov's laws, I think that computers know what we tell them, uh, aside yeah. from new artificial intelligences other uh, that we allow to have natural learning methods to develop their intelligence, um, but they still have the initial programming that we give them. And we need to be very, very careful about what we tell them is their priority, you know, what is their goal? What are they trying to do? Are they saving something? I mean, there are a lot of really potentially difficult questions or, you know, bad endings for humanity if we don't get the programming right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hmm, something seemed really good when I made this program and then the program grew and it's doing what I told it to, but I don't like that. Yes, yeah. The ability to evolve is such a scary thing to put into programming, like the ability to learn, yeah. right? Yeah, I was going to say, is that inevitable then that there's, it's going to uh, go, go awry? I don't I was, think it is inevitable, but I mean, I think it, it is going to... Artificial intelligence is a black box. And right now we are creating artificial intelligences that we don't know how they're coming up with the answers they're coming up with or why they're doing certain things, like the behaviors, the things that they're doing. They're, the computer scientists who put in the original programming, they're like, we don't know how they got to, to X. You know, we don't know that. So um, it is... It is it's alien intelligence and we should it's not human intelligence. And so that's something that I think we need really need to consider as we move forward with it. Sure. Yeah. We've got another yeah. listener question. Um, this is a less of a science fiction AI question. Human cyborgs, um, like people integrating with machines uh, and are there dangers of uh, is, it, is the dangers of unplugging a person from being a cyborg or plugging in? I guess would also be a danger. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I feel like in a sense we're already doing this. We're already extending our our brains through having phones with us all the time. It's like these are not books. I mean, they're they're offering suggestions sometimes, and there looks maybe you want to go this way or maybe you want to go that way. They're already they're changing our behaviors in lots of interesting ways. But um, mm -hmm. do you think there's any danger in cybernetics? Um, I mean, beyond just how people react to it. I mean, in science fiction, it's very a very common trope to have people who are augmented versus the people who are not augmented. And there's often a socioeconomic division or, you know, some aspect that divides the people who have decided to become yeah. cyborgs. Um, you know, this last week on This Week in Science reported on an, a, a new design for an artificial eye, and it's got much better resolution potentially than the human eye. Like once they get past some of the basic wiring stuff, yeah, it's like yeah. it's a better eye <laughs> when it comes down <laughs> to it. And if they in five or 10 years to, can create this thing and implant us with bionic eyes kate i mean there are people whose vision is terrible who are colorblind who have you know lost their sight and if we can give people bionic eyes people are going to do that we already know people are getting uh, uh these the cyber cochleas you know these, yeah. these you know, to, to yes, help with yes. their hearing loss um 
-hmm. You know, I think people are going to use tools, whatever's available to be able to do what they, you know, to achieve the goals that they want, whether or not it is, you know, a steroid for a bodybuilder or a mecha suit for a soldier, you know, or for somebody who's paralyzed, we're going to see this stuff more and more as the technologies are developed. Yeah. I'm excited about it. I I, I, (laughs) I mean, seriously, I'm like cyber robot football leagues. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I'm with you. I, I think, especially since a lot of these would be tools that would give back mobility to people who've lost mobility, give back all kinds of things. I, I, that's tremendous, but you're right. I think a lot of, I mean, I, it wouldn't shock me at all if you had like really great cybernetic legs that somebody would want to have that instead of their regular legs so they could win races. I'm like, okay, maybe not the point, you know, but, um, but it, you know, I mean, it's not, you know, there will be, you know, the Olympics of the future where, okay, no doping, no augmentation, nothing. And then there's going to be the super Olympics. Yeah, for which, the people, yeah. <laughs> they, they might actually get me to watch something, right? <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, when I went to that Singularity Summit years ago, there was a guy, a, a human cyborg, and I can't remember his name. You might have heard of him, um, but mm-hmm. he had a camera attached to his eye or something. Yes. And, and uh, yeah, you could log into a website and see everything that he was seeing, even when he went to the toilet, everything that he did, you could you could follow his journey of life. That's well, ultimate live streaming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally streaming live streaming. That's that's gross. <laughs> I remember his name, but I, I assume Drink. he's probably doing that still. <laughs> yeah, and a lot more nowadays. But yeah, it's a really interesting character. But it was such an interesting group of people who were int- into everything from longevity to, to robots to um, just all different kinds of topics, even language uh, and communication amongst other you know, non-human animals. Yeah, um, so it's a really interesting group of people just looking at all the ways that we can improve as as humans. Yeah, I mean, if we can improve as humans and take everybody along for the ride, I think that's fantastic. But I think if it contributes to the divisions that are already apparent in our societies, I think that's going to be, you know, it's it's going to be turn into some of those dystopian sci-fi novels that are mm-hmm. <laughs> very popular and I love yes. reading. I love yeah. reading the dystopian yeah. sci-fi novels read. that I'm like, please don't read. actually not... happen. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I, we, we do like to dispel fears when we can. And I would say mm-hmm. for people afraid of AI uh, taking over, I mean, I think you get like the scenarios like in uh, war games, we have the Whopper, which is going to blow everybody up with the uh, mm-hmm. nuclear war. And that hopefully stays a remote possibility. But one thing in our advantage is that um, we haven't made AIs or, or tools like that that know how to charge their own batteries. And as long as they rely on us to give them food. And yeah, care, yeah, so sorry. They're working on that right now. Yeah, they, that would be a mistake. Yeah. I would think you'd be a traitor <laughs> to the species if you're. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, they're create, they, uh, just recently, a few weeks back, there was a, a paper on a new uh, a new robot technology that allows the robot to harvest metal energy from metal in its environment and so it can self-charge hmm. that so seems like a bad idea too soon, like, <laughs> yeah, spoke too soon. they're coming <laughs> yeah i mean we've got what do we have the boston dynamics robots oh, yeah, in yeah. singapore right now is that in the parks in singapore sitting what have you seen those videos yeah so, so, yeah they're amazing yeah but so the the dog ones, the Rover, I think they're called Rover or Spot, I don't remember, but the, the Boston Dynamics dog-sized robots, they've deployed a few in parks in Singapore to make sure that people are socially socially distancing and uh-huh. to, like, yell at people with, you know, a person voice to tell them to get apart and to socially <laughs> distance. So you've got these super scary dog robots in the park watching you. I guess only only in Singapore where you could go to jail for littering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So park bark. Nice. <laughs> That's good well, stuff. Nearing nearing the end of the show. So it's true. Hour has flown by. Fun conversation. Should... It was. It was. Great. We, what, are you drinking should, um... water? Is that water? It is, or is it vodka? vodka. It's white wine. <laughs> Cheers. So. Cheers. Cheers, guys. <laughs> so, 
I do like that. But uh, um, we want to remind everyone to yes um, to, to like and subscribe and sh share uh, this video and all the other videos that we've got on YouTube. Yeah, um, by the way, we've, we were... we've really blown up and we've gone from basically no subscribers to uh, more than 400 in just a couple yep. of weeks. So we really appreciate that. If you subscribe, uh, it will help us out a lot. Um, mm -hmm. Even if you never listen to the show, just subscribe. It doesn't hurt you. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like it. Don't not like it. There, there you go. Yeah. So we, we appreciate it. it. Uh, follow us uh, on Patreon. You can support us at Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Monster Talk. Yeah, and we just love hearing from listeners and from viewers as well and, and hearing about your favorite monsters and getting suggestions for future shows. And Dr. Kiki, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter as at Dr. Kiki, D-R-K-I-K-I, see if that wine is kicking in a little bit. <laughs> 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 I'm getting that way too. <laughs> yeah, and uh, my podcast, This Week in Science, is uh, at twist.org, and you can find us on YouTube and Facebook, and we broadcast weekly on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Pacific time. That's fantastic. I've got one final yeah. question, people people asking, what's your favorite monster? I guess we've kind of treated that already, but I'll oh, let you my answer. Favorite, favorite monster. Um Okay. Uh, gosh. I mean, I really have a thing for the supernatural monsters. So uh, vampires really, uh, I, I really like vampires. You like sexy vampires or monster scary <laughs> vampires? I like bunny hopping vampires. I like <laughs> you know, just vampires I think are fascinating. And it's such a, it's a, just a interesting. Are you talking about is that, is that right? I love the Nicula. Oh my God. That was one of my favorite books when I was little. Oh my God. <laughs> I think I tore something remembering that. Okay. <laughs> so it started very young. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. I'm going to end this stream. Uh, say good night to everybody. Thank yeah, you. So good night, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Monster Dog. You've been listening to a podcast version of Monster Talk Live, a special feature that we recorded during 2020. Links to the video version of these episodes are in the show notes. Please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, and we'll work to continue to provide good content there, including more streaming events in the future. Monster Talk is a listener-supported program, and your subscription at patreon.com forward slash monster talk sustains us during these difficult times. Thank you for your support and for your positive reviews. I'm Blake Smith. And along with my co-host, Karen Stolzno, we ask you to join us in being the voice of reason and science in a world that's perilous with nonsense, superstition, and dangerous misinformation. Shine your lights, everyone. Even a flickering candle can be seen for miles in the darkness. And together, we are stronger. Monster Talk theme music is by Peach Stealing Monkeys. Thank you so much for listening. the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.